0: You're listening to the Ben Learns About Everything podcast. Today, we're going to talk about slowing down, being present, as we have our guest, Tim Bodwich, talk about some of the things he's learned over the last 10 years of his life. So I've heard a lot of people talk about money and the idea of value, and you can charge up to as much value as you're adding to someone. So like I make websites, if I was making websites for someone, then I would charge depending on the amount of value that I can add to their business more so than the amount of work that I do. Um, and so that's interesting because like the idea of how much money you're making can be how much value you're adding, like in under the capitalistic model, but to to society, which is interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would say that that is right on point with, with the idea that as we develop businesses, as we charge people rates according to supply and demand, we're on an ever-ending quest to define what is what is valuable and how do people find value. And that's that's where you and I have a shared background in Thailand. Yeah, and we know right. all about uh, corruption and the sex industry and how... Uh, the concepts of supply and demand are not always fruitful or effective or moral or ethical. Yeah. But uh, in 2019 in the United States, we need to, we need to ask better questions. And I think when we ask those better questions of, is this bringing not just a currency to my bank account, but is this bringing value to my community? And is it, Pushing our community into a place where we are more loving, more, uh, connected. Yeah. You know, those are some of the questions that I want to be asking more in the next decade. But yeah, if we, if we, um, if we look back on my last decade, uh, I read when I was 22 years old, a book by Meg Jay. And I just had to look it up again because it's been a while, but she, she wrote a book, based on her own experiences as a psychologist and uh, a therapist, working with a lot of her clients who are struggling in their 20s to find meaning and purpose. And I think it's really existential questions that our generation uniquely is asking louder than any other generation before us, which is passion and purpose collectively when it comes to calling and our vocations, or careers. Uh, So her book goes into career and love, and some of the more interesting questions, even um, maybe outside of any religious or faith-centered voice, a secular voice is, is, uh, is is it good? Is it helpful or healthy to delay Things like marriage or commitment to a job, even though it might not fulfill our, you know, our happiness or our our questions of purpose and identity. Because I think in those trying times when we struggle to uh, to to put our our stamp on the world or our, put our voice out there to be heard as an individual, it's in those instances where we we actually begin to appreciate our mentors
0: hmm.
1: something that you know we can take more time to talk about as well
0: so is that kind of like the idea that um people delay because they don't think they have the perfect or the ideal thing that they were looking for like this job isn't everything i expected it to be i'm going to keep looking there's yeah. something better out there. Yeah, is that says
1: greener mentality is something that i I would say I will, I think to be honest, I, I think I have a propensity propensity to continue to struggle with because I do live in the era of uh, yeah, instant gratification and Instagram. And if I am, I just had a conversation today with uh, my associate broker at the real estate office about how if we scroll, then we're, we're really giving ourselves the opportunity to see the highlight reel of other people's lives. And he asked me a question, which was really interesting. He's like, isn't it weird? Do you, do you just feel some like sense of some, some deep sadness? Uh, Again, this existential question of like purpose, like why aren't I on a beach in the Bahamas right now or off on some Alaskan Uh, fishing expedition as we're scrolling and we're able to see people's highlight reels from all over the world we're kind of asking ourselves the question of why not me or why can't i or you know why not comparison exactly it's just simply a comparison game Mm -hmm. and there's a list of books that I've, i've i've read on that topic um that that are that help me realize that that is that's a trap and it's a trap that we so social media and and the internet is a tool but it's it's uh it's a tool that can be misused almost instantly because it plays with our our desires yeah yeah right
0: yeah that's yeah that's really interesting and like i've seen that as well like in my friends talking um and just even seeing what they post and what they're telling me you know if you look at their story only it just seems like they're having the best life ever and then they'll tell me later that day like oh things have just been really hard and you don't see that <gasps> yeah. anywhere you know it doesn't yeah. show up on social media yeah. but you know it to be true because they're telling you that so in person right yeah it's just something you have to be really aware of <laughs> i think
1: Absolutely. And I think if we give up the face to face conversations, like what you and I are doing right now, um, I will miss out on the truth of your situation, right? Yeah. I I, earlier I got to, you know, get a tour of your place and know exactly what's going on in your life. And before this podcast started, I got to like really get to know uh what you're celebrating, like the end of the semester. I got to know, know these are the things that I would never know if I was you know, just scrolling on Ben Hanna's
0: yep. social media platform, a page of choice. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So that was something you were thinking about at the beginning of your 20s? Yeah. Yeah. I would say at the
1: beginning of my 20s, I was just pure ambition. I was ignorance on fire. You know, a lot of years and years of sitting in classrooms with a with a desire of executing on that uh, theory and... Ambition, truly, I think, a lot of healthy ambition to help people. And that's where I, I was able to travel to China, teach English in a far western province called Ningxia to the Hui Muslim people for a year. An excellent experience in, um, in valuing people from wherever they come from. And mm. no matter their background and uh, uh, and, and kind of stripping down what what um, what we as humans could kind of first identify someone. It's their clothing, their religion, their, um, their occupation, their, their yeah, their social status. So kind of stopping at all those things, um, their language, and working very hard to, to remember what what actually unites us all it's that we all sleep we all eat we all poop we all yeah, you know, we do all of the human things mm-hmm. so i think finding humanity uh, and other people as far as you know western china on the other side of the world is what got me launching into this attitude of man i want to i actually want to connect with people um and I want to meet every single person on the planet because I believe in some way our, I want to leave them better than when I first met them. Mm-hmm. You know, in some way I can have a positive impact on others.
0: Yeah. and That, that is a really be, big, ambitious goal. It's, <laughs> it's almost an
1: arrogant thing to say. So I would say, again, okay. I was ignorance on fire mm-hmm. in my early 20s, just wanting to go out, experience a lot, but hopefully leave people better uh, as a result and and grow as well. So... Having a, a win-win scenario after that, having three plus years in a sales and marketing role that brought me to uh, multiple cities around the Midwest and a few years in Atlanta, Georgia, I I found myself financially ashamed. And uh, <laughs> as another friend put it, returning home to Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, to just find myself walking back home like a dog with their tail between their legs just mm. embarrassed because it's it's fun to go out to a big city and be ambitious and work 80 hour weeks and um you know i kind of live for the weekend but at the at the end of that journey i recognize the value of community dietrich bonhoeffer wrote a book called life in community
0: okay i haven't heard of it before yeah but, okay
1: there's there's just so much to be said about uh, community, and now being recently married this year, uh, I find that even after someone's tied the knot, speaking for myself, that community is even all that more important. Mm. Uh, I think that without being in a group of people um, that know your that know your weaknesses, that know your uh, your vulnerabilities, and your uh, your desire to grow and to learn where their strengths and weaknesses are is just second to none. Hmm. That's truly what uh, as I study the life of Jesus and I continue to um become a more avid disciple of what he had taught his disciples. I recognize that that's probably the the thing he wants most for us. As he talks about in John, he just talks about us abiding uh, upon the law and his principles and upon the truths mm-hmm. that he left, but more so upon the body of Christ, which is only done in community.
0: Yeah. So how does that change your perspective from the beginning, you know, of what community might've looked like until the end of your thirties. And like, what are some of the biggest takeaways? Like Mm -hmm. how do people practically kind of set themselves up to be in a community like that, where people are being honest with each other and like are really known by others and know others too. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. At the end of the day, there has to be some framework. And I found that I found that there is, if you spend enough time in the church, you're going to be hurt by the church mm. or um, hopefully both you're, you're going to be hurt by the church, but you're also going to be in part uh, your experience in the church is going to be a part of your redemption. So uh, there's just no, you can't take the good with the bad. It's kind of like my spouse. There are parts of her that are incredibly redeeming for me. And there are a part that there's, there's in part, places where I've been hurt. And she would say the same of me, but it's not like we're going to leave each other for those right. reasons. Mm-hmm. For those reasons, we're better off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we're in the season of Christmas right now. It's kind of interesting hearing John Mark Comer, a pastor in Portland, talk about this with Jeff Bethke that Christmas isn't gonna get canceled this year because we had a bad Christmas last year with our relatives. That's no? right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like we we continue to repeat this holiday because it's a good thing to get together and mm-hmm. to share and to celebrate and to learn about each other and and experience the highs and lows of the year together and reflect. Yeah. And that's what this season has been about, yeah, you know, in past years for my family. And we want to continue those traditions.
0: So hmm. that's that's what it's about. I like that. That's cool. And just like, even though some things are good and some things are bad, not just kind of cherry picking or only doing things which are good, but realizing that anything which is, I guess, in its true form has both the good and the bad wrapped up in it, right? It
1: will have to be both when we're being authentic to who we are. So in answering your question again, how has community looked different and how can someone practically step into that community is it, it starts with ourselves it starts with being the first one to take that mm-hmm. scary step of faith into vulnerability where we have to be honest about our shame and our guilt and for me i don't think i had cried in a decade and i was in this group it looked like an aa meeting we sat in chairs in a circle every thursday night okay in atlanta <clears throat> and it was in that group where I first we can start you know chatting about the enneagram. Now that's where I had walked through uh, probably a four month semester of study of the inner journey,
0: hmm, and uh, okay.
1: in the context of the Christian faith. And what that looked like was you know studying different um, tools, enneagram being one of them, uh, centering prayer. And uh, in community being a couple others, uh, again with without community, Enneagram is is pretty pretty uh, it's it's pretty difficult to truly experience the value of a tool like the Enneagram or any other tools like prayer or scripture reading without doing it in the context of community mm-hmm. because that's where we. We open up about those things like shame, guilt, fear. Uh, so for those who aren't like all one of you out there listening to this, who are not familiar with the Enneagram, it's an ancient personality typing tool that uh, f- to date doesn't really have a conclusive origin. Mm-hmm. That's, that's commonly known of the desert fathers, um, And some other mystics are said to possibly be where it originated, but yeah, 40, 50 years ago, probably now in North America, it's been used in monastic traditions and um, the priesthood with those who visit the confessional booth or have a, a mentoring relationship with their pastor or priest. And now it's been released for, you know, the widespread consumption of everyone on
0: yeah. All platforms. Through the so avenue of psychology, right? Yeah, I think that's yep. how it's come out. Yeah.
1: More often than not through just simple, well, pretty complex. If you think about how deep one can go with all the angles of the Enneagram, but I have found it completely, um, redemptive for myself and my wife and our community. And what we, you know, what we promise each other is that we don't use it as a weapon or something that can be used to manipulate others thoughts and feelings but mm-hmm. to simply seek to understand before being understood it's mm. kind of the the premise of the enneagram is to help ourselves know ourselves and each other within this framework that is flawed but is still useful
0: okay yeah a really good way to know some of your own Maybe strengths, and then even some of the things where you might be more likely to fall into something, right? Like, is that what you kind of got out of it? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, speaking for myself, um, I
1: type myself as an Enneagram 3, which is the achiever or the performer are kind of the classifications as a 3. And I know you share that. Yeah. That's what I am too. So. Yeah. And so our, our, uh, our vice or our root sin by you know, Richard Rohr would say would be, uh, pride and vanity, mm-hmm. uh, and this, this, uh, desire to see ourselves as successful. Mm-hmm. And in my twenties, I continued to see myself through that lens, especially, but I know that I've been seeing myself through this lens my whole life. Uh, I, I got a lot of affirmation from my, from my dad growing up and that looked like, you know, good job on the basketball court or on the race, any athletic event Mm -hmm. or, you know, scholastic academic event. Uh, and, and I didn't realize this, but that's how I viewed myself and others. I thought everyone was viewing themselves through this success framework, right? You know, okay. This gold star—if you yeah. get it done, or if you do a good job. This. My dad was a teacher, so I interacted with him throughout the day, throughout the the whole day. Mm-hmm. So I I could never really escape this this way of seeing myself. And for better or for worse, it's it's really helpful to understand that that's my default way of seeing. The world mm-hmm. is either you know it's kind of a binary win or loss world yeah and that can be really harmful uh it can be really harmful when we're trying to seek emotional health because mm. if we push down the emotions as enneagram threes do at the expense of others and ourselves only to succeed and you know kind of trample others over on the way to the finish line we aren't building up community in that
0: context. <laughs> and if you do ever look back, you'd <laughs> be really disappointed, you know, like exactly what have I done? You yeah, know, like yeah. how did,
1: how did I get here? Yeah. yeah. So at times I can be a little ruthless at being effective, efficient. Uh, I can be overly positive in times where it's just the most authentic and truthful thing that I could do is just say, uh, sorry, or say, mm-hmm. you know, this is a terrible thing. I, like, like, let's, let's see what we can do to do better next time. But there's just no looking around this. Right. It's, it's a terrible event. So being overly positive for the sake of coming off as uh, an optimistic and agreeable or likable person is yeah. another you know, trait that i can that i can attest has has been my kind of working default mode of being in the world in the past yeah. and now positively as a result of knowing the enneagram as a tool i see that while those things can be extremely valuable in the context of community ex- encouraging others encouraging myself to you know get things done and and do them well do them excellently I can see that sometimes we need to take a step back and just say enough is enough. I'm not a human doing, I'm a human being. And it's just time to be and and experience life, uh, to, to, to get off the offensive and and just slow down Mm. to the pace of traffic.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yeah, I, I've definitely experienced that a lot to like, I think what you said resonated with me pretty well being, so optimistic that even when everything like it's not going to work out still optimistic about it like always trying to figure out you know like there's a way you know and like we can still do it um almost to like it's just insane so do you you know
1: do you cut corners do you do you find yourself like being so like such a nazi about efficiency to with your schedule with
0: yeah. Like I do overschedule myself okay. into where I'm late to everything because I <laughs> I, I thought I yes. could do it, you know, like yes. um, yeah. if the world went perfectly, I would have made it to everything, Okay, but it, right. it never does, you know? Um, right. And so that's, I think one way I see it for sure. Um, but I, I just mean like, even when like people would be like, man, I'm having this really hard time with something. And I'm just like, well, if you do this and this and this, it'll all be better. You know, you just have to, but it's just really not helpful at times, sure. you know? Yeah. Um, so like you said, just kind of sitting in that when it is hard um, and not always trying to just solve it immediately. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was just like, again, Enneagram isn't as much about behavior as it is about motivation. Mm-hmm. So if Ben and I had agreed that the Enneagram 3 typology describes us the most, it's not so much that we are going to get speeding tickets before everyone else because we just got to get to that next appointment and cram more into our schedules and do everything and be the best and win, but it's because we want others to see us as winners, mm-hmm. as likable people, mm-hmm. as you know, like successful people. We want people to like our things on social media and see us as living the good life yeah that makes sense because the opposite would bring us shame and that's not a place that we love to live in yeah so does that resonate with you too
0: yeah definitely like um just a lot of image management i think is kind of what it can look like um but yeah just liking to do things well for the sake of you know knowing that you're better i guess <laughs> <would> be <laughs> way to do it
1: but yeah. um <laughs> It's, yeah. yeah, just, you know, laughing right now. It's, it's, it's kind pretty of like, dirty. I'm experiencing, <laughs> yes, I'm experiencing shame and like <laughs> pleasure of just sitting with another three because you understand. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I get it. So yeah. kind of going back to like the overarching years, you learned that community was really important. And I think part of that was also just learning more about yourself. And the Enneagram was a really good tool for doing that in your 20s to 30s, for developing. Um, what were some other, like, either highlights or lows or things that people can, like, be thinking about, you know, either reflecting on their own 30s or looking ahead to those 20 to 30 years? Mm. I know that's a lot, really broad. You no. Can go anywhere you want with it, but. If I were to
1: suggest a word of advice and something that I've learned is simply humility goes a long, long way and framing conversations that I have uh, on a daily basis about in my current role in real estate, um, about how to serve clients and make everything that I talk about in our conversation about serving them. Um, because it really is about providing others um, something of value no matter what the outcome is that they that they're better off because of our encounter that's really my my new goal it's not to be a winner it's not to be likable or seen as successful but simply that that others would would know that i'm with them and i'm for them and i I want to experience life with them because we're better off for community. Uh, I would I would probably say to anyone, no matter their enneagram type or how they how they find themselves as they listen to this conversation, is to find how you can be more self forgetting. Tim Keller actually has a great sermon series. Um, you know, again, no matter your disposition on the topic it's it's just really good to understand the value of self forgetfulness Mm. which is an interesting thing my wife is a nine and she's really really good at this she has this superpower of empathy and uh, the ability to really merge similar to merging in traffic she'll just kind of merge into someone else's lane and, and kind of go along with them because she doesn't want to produce conflict. She wants harmony. Mm -hmm. And I've learned a lot from her in this way. So when we're being humble, we're, we're producing harmony because we're, we're, we're actually telling someone else that their priorities are important. And I think it's important to not completely forget oneself but to generally speaking, we as humans are are prideful. We have a bent towards pride. So, to wake up each morning with the the desire to kind of collaborate, uh, uh, calibrate rather calibrate back to humility, which is, which is what gives us community. It really is. Mm,
0: I like that a lot. Yeah. I think that's also interesting. Just in the, um. You know, because we've both lived outside of the states yeah. and been here too, and I think like America is really focused on the individual, and I don't know if that plays yes. into this a little bit. Yeah, I was about to get into that. Um, a bit. Oh, you were perfect. Yeah. Um, whereas you know, I was in Asia for a while, and there it's much more about the community. Yes, and I think um, you can learn some of that self forgetfulness through the culture as well. Um, but here in the States, oh, yeah. I don't know if there's a built-in way for people to really get that outside of the family itself,
1: right? Yeah, it's really upstream uh, in the States to to say that others' preferences, desires, and others, you know, where do you want to go out to eat tonight? You It's really important to consider others. Um, it's just so basic, but we forget it all too often, so... For example, in Asia, the common greeting is "Have you eaten yet?" It's mm-hmm. like the most hospitable way that, as Americans, we can show <laughs> like genuine interest in another, and create community mm-hmm. is by having shared meals together. Mm-hmm. And you know, fast food's great, but it's it's and it's gonna allow us to get to that next appointment a little bit faster, but it's not allowing us to slow down and uh, become more grateful. Yeah. And have slow prayers before meals. Not necessarily. So how can we integrate that, that slowing down? I'm, I'm a huge fan of two authors already mentioned, John Mark Comer and Jeff Bethke, because they're, they're, they're wanting to investigate and research and uh, extrapolate the gift of slowing down. And it's, Especially in the month of December, anywhere in North America, we can all use a little bit more of this. Because all if you think about all the traditional Christmas songs, it's like, snow's falling outside, there's nothing else we can do. We can only just <laughs> sip our hot chocolate inside, you know? Yeah. But with the days of, you know, Amazon Prime and endless shopping uh, and Netflix on on tap, we, we don't really have that traditional holiday scene of like just cozying up under a blanket and Mm -hmm. putting your feet up to a fire and like not being able to go outside because you're buried with six feet of snow right that's kind of the traditional idea of slowing down and like just having family time Mm -hmm. but it's it's really hard to find that this time of year it's true yeah Yeah. kind
0: of plays a bit into what we were talking about earlier with social media just like there's things which can distract us and then potentially get us away from that slowing down and um kind of different pace of life you know yeah less time in the I don't know reality of it to not to go you know too much on that but it's just different how it's changed i guess recently yeah yeah,
1: yeah. and again all those things are great i'm a i'm a prime subscriber so i did my holiday shopping within like three days done it's
0: amazing. <laughs> I still it have is to do my incredible right <laughs> and
1: here we are December 16 and it's like it's a it's just good mm-hmm. um but in the same way how can we I like the idea of gamification so mm-hmm. I was putting my cruise control at 70 miles per hour mm-hmm. and for anyone in the state of Michigan like uh, we don't drive slower than 83 miles per hour. That's right. On a 70 mile per highway. It's just like, you just get in the left lane and pass as many cars as you can if if you're Tim Bowditch on a typical day. But for me, when I can, I will put cruise control on at 70 miles per hour and just experience, you know, 20 cars pass me on my commute home at 530. Mm. And
0: I'm totally okay with it. That's really cool. That's like, you're really forcing yourself to slow down and just like, you could almost, I guess, laugh at all, like the speediness and the yes. rush.
1: Oh, which... the other day I saw someone tailgating the other car and I was like, that is crazy. You're <laughs> going 80 like plus miles per hour mm-hmm. and you'll probably get your destination 30 seconds, maybe a minute faster because of your speeding
0: mm-hmm. and it's just
1: not worth, yeah. not worth it. So mm-hmm. how can we, you know, not necessarily always be in the right lane and going the going the speed of traffic, but when we... When we slow down, we have to realize the benefits, the costs and benefits of every decision we make. Mm -hmm. So when we're rushing through our day and we're not being present with the people in the room um, that are with us, our coworkers, our classmates, our teachers, our children, our parents, especially in the time of the holiday, like, can we... I'm, I'm not perfect. I've looked at my phone already a couple of times in this conversation and it's like, how can we be more present? That's my word of 2019. And I intend on making another word for 2020 is yeah. How can, how can I be present presence? It's a gift. It's Mm. the gift. It's it's the gift of presence. It's the best present you could give anyone is your presence. I think you're right.
0: Yeah. And And it's really really more of that loving. I think as well, when someone like gives you the attention and is like, actually listening you know because it's almost becoming a bit more rare that when someone does it kind of sticks out and it's like oh wow that was really nice you know and you're i think you're definitely going to remember it you know more than just passing and um in a flurry i guess so
1: yeah And, and again go back macro to my last 10 years i would say i'm a futurist as a three i always look to the future my time orientation is what can i do today that my future self will thank me
0: for Mm -hmm. all those self-help books. I feel that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you start a podcast, you go, you know, you just, whatever you can do to get ahead and like, you know, put your brand, your stamp, your, your thing on the world. But how can we realize that we'll never relive this day? Mm -hmm. And so we need to sit into today and Tomorrow will come when it comes. You know, one of Jesus's favorite, my favorite things he said was, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. You can't, you can't really change it. Mm -hmm. In James, he said, he says, don't plan to, you know, go here for a couple of years and do business and like, just plan today, plan what you're doing in the next minute and and just be present to today.
0: Yeah. Just bring it down. Bring it down. Focus on the small, I guess.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And that singularity is like we just said, so difficult to achieve in a world of distraction Mm -hmm. and noise and beeping and buzzing and 80 mile per hour traffic. And, and we can't blame our technology or our modern life. We, we're not going back. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah, My my brother's raising goats up uh, an hour North of here. And it's, it's, it, he still has internet access. We're not going Mm -hmm. back, uh, you know, to pre electric days. It's, it's here to stay, but how can we within the beautiful life that we have in, in a a modern American city still slow down and set those rhythms and, and transformational habits of being with each other.
0: Mm. I like that a lot. Yeah, um, is there anything else you want to hit on that? Um, I would, I would as far say, as your decade in review.
1: Yeah, the decade in review is. I got married this year, and I committed to a a, a career that I intend on being with uh, with my team for uh, as long as I am blessed to be serving people in the area of real estate. So, those two things colliding, you know, overlapping at the same time is probably not the best planning, but sure. I, I would not change it. I really okay. wouldn't. Um, and so I, as I have the gift of looking back in my twenties and if you're you know, 20 or 21 years old right now, and you're looking forward to your defining decade as Meg Jay, the author of the book, the defining decade says this will define everything you do in the next 10 years will define what you do for the next 60 years in terms of your career, your, your, the way that you spend time with a significant other or your marriage if that's your future. So the way you treat your boyfriend or girlfriend or your prospective employer is incredibly important. And I would just advise anyone who's stepping into their defining decade to, as I said earlier, remind remind yourself of the importance of being with people. And when you're with people, you you, you ask great questions and you're more interested in them than you are. Your own productivity, productivity, or your efficiency within that meeting. So humility is going to only leave yourself and others better off.
0: Mm, I like uh, that a lot. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, and I guess to wrap it up, do you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing now? You know, kicking off yes. the next decade. where, yes. Where are you starting off? I know you're doing. Yeah.
1: Um, real estate. Yes. It's a good place to be in Grand Rapids. When um, when I got back from China, I met a friend who introduced me to this. So I've actually been in this conversation about real estate for five years. And now that I have the opportunity to help homebuyers, whether they're first-time homebuyers or it's their seventh house that they've purchased in the area, I'm just eager to be available, number one. And secondly, to be an educator, I come from a long line of teachers. And as I said earlier, my biggest goal is to leave people better off for the encounter. So if I do encounter you with a real estate conversation where I'm able to answer any questions, that's, that's really my main goal, um, getting people into their house or their dreams or their next house is, is second to that goal of, of leaving people better off for the encounter. So I work with you know, the local Remax team, the Cornerstone Home Group. I did graduate from Cornerstone University, and I, I think it's hilarious to see the similarities of uh, uh of the analogy of that cornerstone, which is the the first piece that gets laid in the foundation. And as I look forward to all of my endeavors in life, whether they're related to real estate in any way or not, I think what I do today matters, and how I treat people matters. Uh, How I give them respect by showing them humility and being present to their needs, whatever they are. If they're renting or buying or selling or moving or going out of state, if they're going out of country, I just want to leave them better off for the encounter.
0: Okay, that's really cool. So I'm excited for what that's going to look like for you. I know we've talked like specifics a little bit. It's like, um, I know a ton of work and just a lot of fun as well. So you've done a lot it's of a research, you it's, know,
1: it's, yeah,
0: you know, what you're doing now and, yeah. um, just kind of in a good position, I think to, to be helpful to people. So, um, congrats on getting here, I guess thank is, you. is what I want to say. Thank you, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: I have a lot of, uh, I am not a self-made man. You know, I have a lot of people to thank for the place that I'm at right now. Here today, mm-hmm. earlier this morning, I spoke with a president of a company that I worked with for, for three years and just being respectful and again, having humility for where I've come from and where I am today, recognizing that it's due to his mentorship and his patience with me that I'm at all able to consider you know the goals, if you want to put it that way. That's another Enneagram <laughs> three word yeah. for all those threes out there. But it's another uh, desire, a formation of mine to, to, to follow in uh, the footsteps of those who have gone before and, and to really honor
0: that. Hmm.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for You're coming welcome. on the podcast today. You're so welcome. And I just hope people can learn something from this and maybe it was good for you to reflect on what your twenties to thirties were That's like So or good. give you some insight as to what you should be thinking about. What a gift. Going forward, right? So. Absolutely.